Hello and welcome to Explaining Brazil, a podcast by The Brazilian Report. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, editor-in-chief of The Brazilian Report. In this podcast, we discuss Brazilian politics, economics, and society. Since this episode is being recorded on June the 5th, the World Environment Day, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. I'm joined by David Tsai, a chemical engineer who is a coordinator at the Institute for Energy and the Environment, a non-profit organization uh, based in Sao Paulo. Hello, David. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Gustavo. Hello, all. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and to share some of the efforts that my colleagues and I are working for at the Institute. David, Brazil experienced over the past two weeks a trucker strike, and since most of the cargo transportation in the country is done using trucks, we experienced food and fuel shortages. We have talked about that on last week's podcast, but I'm bringing that up because there's one positive aspect to this strike. Pollution levels in Sao Paulo uh, were halved, which brings me to my question. Uh, are we missing yet another opportunity to discuss uh, how to use alternative fuels in Brazil and how to diversify our um, energy sources? Yes, the strike has given us the opportunity to look again at this problem. Uh, the strike showed how our dependency on fuels, especially fossil fuels, cause damage like air pollution. And yes, uh, the question of diversifying our energy matrix is very important due to these environmental problems we have, uh, such as air pollution and other issues like the emissions of greenhouse gases. So yes, this is an opportunity to rethink our model of development for the government to take actions and how to shape direct resources and also for the citizens to reflect, to think on their day-to-day -day behavior and how we use energy and all of this, their impacts. Also, it's an opportunity for the companies which have today a great deal of power to bring creative solutions to solve all of these interconnected problems. Please uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but uh, Brazil was some sort of pioneer in terms of biofuels, mm -hmm. like ethanol. Uh, but since we discovered new uh, abundant uh, deep water oil reserves, we kind of abandoned biofuels uh, compared to where we were 10 years ago. Is that, is that a, a, a fair assessment? Have we abandoned a bit our biofuel matrix or is Brazil getting back on track in this, in this sense? We cannot say that biofuels has not grown in Brazil. The use of biofuels has not grown in Brazil. That's not a fact. But the share of biofuels has not grew as much as some decades ago. The fact is that the energy demand is growing faster than the share of biofuels in the energy matrix. If we look at ethanol, for example, today's ethanol consumption is on the historical peak of ethanol consumption along Brazilian history. And also biodiesel is growing every year. Today, 10% of the diesel consumed in Brazil is biodiesel. 
and not petroleum diesel. Just uh, uh, allow me to interrupt you, but um, for those who don't understand, and <laughs> sure. I'm one of them, uh, what's the main difference in terms of pollution uh, when we compare biodiesel to regular petroleum-based diesel? Uh, first, we have to look at two different problems, which are global warming, man-made global warming, and air pollution. Man-made global warming is caused by the accumulation of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere, uh, which are mainly carbon dioxide, and air pollution are caused by other chemicals, uh, which are toxic. Carbon dioxide is not toxic for our health. So we have to talk about these two different aspects. In terms of air pollution, burning biodiesel emits as much air pollutants as conventional diesel. The difference is small. Biodiesel has a little bit less emissions of this pollutant called particulate matter, but it has a little bit more emissions of another pollutant called NOx, nitrogen oxides. So in terms of air pollution, there's not much gain in replacing conventional diesel by biodiesel. There might be some gain, but it's not that we would be absolutely safe breathing chemicals that are formed because of biodiesel burning. As for the other aspect, which is the related to the greenhouse gases, the biodiesel has the potential to put less carbon into the atmosphere because it comes from a vegetable crop, a renewable vegetable crop. So when we burn biodiesel, we're launching CO2 into the atmosphere that will be captured again by the soil crop or other crops. And so the net balance will be favorable for biodiesel. And that does not occur to petroleum diesel because we're taking out carbon that is stocked under the sea or under the surface, the land surface, and throwing it up to the atmosphere. And in terms, for example, ethanol, uh, you have sugarcane-based ethanol, which is the one Brazil uh, produces more, and you have corn-based ethanol, mm -hmm. which, for instance, the United States produce. Uh, is there a difference in terms of pollution or uh, efficiency? Is there one that is better than the other? Yes, absolutely. The EPA in the United States, the Environmental Protection Agency in the U.S., has accepted studies uh, which compared exactly sugarcane ethanol and corn-based ethanol. And what they have concluded is that the sugarcane ethanol is much more environmentally friendly than corn-based ethanol in terms of CO2 emissions. And um, just changing a bit the topic, but um, talking about still alternative energy sources, Brazil is the eighth biggest wind power producer. And when we signed up for the Paris Accords, um, we we committed ourselves to increase the rate of renewable sources from 28% of our matrix to 33% of our matrix by 2030. Is that doable uh, or is it going to be hard to meet these goals? That is totally doable. In the matter of renewable energy, Brazil is one of the most advanced countries in the world. 
Brazil is in a position very, very favorable. Today, almost 45% of the Brazilian energy matrix is renewable, and that includes uh, sugarcane energy, hydraulic energy, wind, and solar in a smaller scale. And in the world, only an average of 15% of the energy is renewable. Furthermore, Brazil is very lucky in terms of natural resources. When we say God is Brazilian, we can apply that to the energy scenario. Our potential to produce wind power and solar power is very high. And the last, last few years has shown that that growth, that exponential growth in wind power, it is very easy to believe that solar power will follow the path of the wind power. Yeah, yes, in terms of uh, micro-producers, uh, we have grown exponentially, right? Well, we have right now more over 5,000 uh, micro-plants producing for uh, individual consumers or uh, small groups of households and rural properties, right? That's right. In fact, if you want to see details and those exact numbers... So you can check out this data at seeg.echoeco.org. Dot .br. Okay. Dot .br. <laughs> seeg.echo.br. We're going to put this URL on our website at the Brazilian Report so uh, listeners can access that. And uh, in terms of, you, you mentioned hydroelectric plants, which is responsible for a big chunk of the uh, electricity we produce in Brazil. They they are also they are always sold as green energy as uh but actually they have they cause a lot of social impacts and a lot of uh environmental aspect um impacts to the, the to the basins where the dams are installed, right? Uh, which are the 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 side effects? Of being of relying on hydroelectric plants, we cannot see hydropower as clean anymore, as green anymore, because of the social and environmental impacts, which are mainly today associated to the people in the Amazon, in the Amazon basin. Yes, Brazil is highly dependent on water power, on hydropower, but the potential to build new power plants or dams is located in the Amazon basin, which was not exploited in the past. But it happens that the Amazon basin, the Amazon basin terrain is very flat. So for you to build a large dam, you have a large area to flood, and that will impact the local traditional populations, the indigenous lands, and also biodiversity, as you're taking a lot of the forest and making it under the water. The future of the electric matrix in Brazil cannot rely on new hydropower plants, especially because they will be built in the Amazon and all of the impacts will happen. And uh, what are we doing to change that in Brazil? Because uh, there are a lot of investments in wind power and solar power, but the, the 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 efficiency potential of these sources is kind of limited when compared to hydropower, right? Or thermal plants. These are uh, 
environmentally friendly sources but you need more more engines and more infrastructure to uh, produce the same amount of energy am i correct in this uh, assessment the biggest challenge to increase wind power and sun power is making the energy stable on the system because wind and power we have it according to the day according to the weather so we can predict them but we cannot fix them we cannot make them anytime we want wind power and solar power are not available all the time they are available according to the weather according to uh, the duration of a day so the biggest challenge is to make the system stable and that means investing in batteries and other ways to store energy but as i said before we have the luck that there is a lot of wind and uh, wind energy and sun energy available in brazil for us to uh, make use of it intelligent solutions will use that energy complementing with the installed infrastructure that we already have which regions uh, have the biggest potentials in that the north is the northeast for instance for uh, solar in incidents or winds that are both strong and steady the northeast is the richest region in brazil according to solar potential and also wind wind potential but also uh, the south part of brazil has a high uh, wind power potential and solar potential you can also have some hot spots in other parts of the country the world has become aware of the need for an energy transition so my question to you is in how many years or how many decades will brazil be more dependent on clean energy sources rather than sources that are more impactful for the environment changing the energy matrix is a long-term commitment but it will be as fast as the willing from our public agencies and from the demand of society and looking, how's that so far looking at the electric matrix i would be pretty much optimistic i would say that 20 not much later than 2050 we might have a pretty clean energy matrix almost getting to 100% renewable the challenge will be to change the energy used in transportation which is a biggest chunk of energy currently used in brazil and the challenge will be especially hard looking at freight transportation looking at our trucks and roads how do we move from a model that is road based and when we talk about roads today we talk about fuels we, we talk about diesel how are we moving from that to a country that has more rail has more hydro transportation waterborne transportation and clean technology that's the most challenging part of shifting to a complete environmentally friendly energy matrix and unfortunately 
no solution has been given to us at this point, and we saw that two weeks ago with the trucker strike. Uh, David, we, unfortunately, we're out of time, but thank you very much for coming here to our studios in Sao Paulo and talking to us about it. Thank you. I hope I have a um, next opportunity for us to deepen some aspects and talk more. It will be a pleasure. I'd also like to thank our listeners. If you like what you heard, please take a look at our website. It's Brazilian.report. Every day we have new content about Brazil's politics, economics, and society. We also have exclusive newsletter services if you want to be briefed on what's going on in Brazil before starting your day. Subscribe now to our free trial and enjoy all of our content for 14 days. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is at Brazilian Report. That's all for now. See you next week. Thank you very much. Terra, terra, terra. Por mais distante.